Welcome everybody to Around Kansas. It's great to have you with us this morning. I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. Actually, it might not be morning. You may be watching us at midnight because with our new format, you can just watch anytime you want to. So we're, we hope that you're enjoying it. It's, uh, um, I guess we're in the 21st century now, though Michelle and I spend a lot of time in previous centuries. You know, it's, it's a big adjustment for me sometimes. And as you can tell, uh, I definitely, with my background, am not in the 21st century today. I am actually in the 19th century, and I am actually at Fort Larned. I'm actually at Fort Larned, too. This photo was taken at Mess and Muster in 2017. And if anybody remembers the end of April and uh, maybe the first day of May of 2017, we had prodigious rains and a blizzard. So the rain, this uh, the uh, photograph was made in the officer's quarters looking out the, the window. The rain um, was so heavy that the water was standing. It was covering the grass at this point. And we had friends who were out there in teepees and um, we stayed in the officer's quarters. Uh, Mark Berry, Marla Mackin, Jake and myself, we were in the officer's quarters, thank goodness, because it was incredible. And then as we headed home uh, back to Oakley on Sunday, um, we couldn't get very far because um, the roads were closed. We tried to make it before um, 70, let me see, 70 and 24 were closed, hoping we could make it on Highway 4, but we couldn't. So we had to stop and spend the night in Utica, down lovely downtown Utica. And uh, oh my gosh, it was a crazy, crazy weekend. Mess and muster was, went on regardless, but oh my goodness, weather. Yeah, that just shows you um, if our 20th and 21st century living history reenactors are willing to continue to gather and to share that history with the public, regardless of snow, sleet, rain, wind, tornado, thunderstorm, what, whatever mother nature in Kansas throws at you, that's just what their 19th century antecedents would have done. Because if you were stationed at Fort Larned, you didn't have any choice when the snow came in. Or I can honestly tell you, almost every single one of my times at Fort Larned was actually spent in the heat. Um, I had the opportunity to volunteer as a living historian and portray an officer's wife and a laundress on numerous occasions. And it seemed like we were battling the extreme heat every single time. Occasionally we would get a thunderstorm that would come through, but you know, those move through pretty quick and move along and the heat comes right back. So um, I can't imagine seeing Fort Larned with prodigious rain and eventually snowfall. Uh, I would actually like to see that because it would add to that sense of isolation you feel when you're at Fort Larned. Oh, for sure. And we actually, we begged the guys who were in the teepees to come in and stay with us because it was ridiculous. I mean, the the items in the teepees were floating. That's seriously how bad it was. There was no way to stay there and not get wet. And um, one of the guys, uh, I think he was a kid from Texas. One of the guys did give up and come in in the middle of the night. But Ken Widener and some of those other guys, they toughed it out. Um, Ken also said it was weeks getting things dried out when he got back home. And just imagine in the 19th century, uh, if you were at, posted to Fort Larned and you had to do drill and it was raining, imagine coming in with that wet wool uniform 
there is nothing that smells worse than wet, sweaty wool. Uh, because that is the part of the uniform that was not laundered very often. Laundresses at Fort Larned laundered the men's undergarments and their, their blouses and their socks and things of that nature. Uh, those wool uniform jackets and pants got spot cleaned, not um, full on washing. So I cannot imagine what it would have smelled like to be in the barracks after drilling outside in the rain. Probably a lot like a wet dog. That's what I meant. <laughs> a dirty wet dog. It would it yeah. would have been bad. It would have been really bad. Yes, I think I think many of our good friends and and you know your your better half you know your other half, Doctor Jake, is used to wearing the wool uh, in all temperatures and all seasons. And yeah, uh, it does that wool. It, it has that dirty wet dog smell. And <laughs> when you've got twenty or thirty men around, uh, it can be a little overpowering. Yes, it can. So, I, I, my sympathies, quite frankly, uh, lie less with the officers' wives, but more with the laundresses uh, who had to deal with, you know, the men bringing in their laundry and having to deal with all of those various aromas on post. Um, I cannot imagine uh, how awful that must have been for them. Can you imagine the socks, those smelly socks? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. No, I can. Oh, I cannot. And uh but you know, the army, army regulations, the men were required to wash their feet a certain number of times a week. Yeah, yeah. And in, you know, in between laundress days, you know, we know the men would go ahead and wash out their socks themselves and hang them to dry. So they had clean, dry socks. And, you know, it's interesting. It, it said that Napoleon said the army marched on its stomach. But I think when we talk about the army in the West, it, it marched on its stomach, but it also marched on uh, brogans that were of a decent quality, but having multiple pairs of thick wool socks to protect your feet uh, and to make sure that those socks were clean. I think it's hilarious the army had to order men to wash their feet. You too. Uh, I, uh, your yeah. mama's not here to make you wash your feet anymore. So yeah, the army's got a got a mama these boys. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And, you know, and that's where laundresses came in on any post, and especially at a post like Fort Larned that's so far from any other community. Uh, the laundresses, in some cases, became de facto moms for those young soldiers who some it was their first time away from home. And imagine, you know, you're growing up in Illinois or you're growing up in Missouri. Maybe you're from St. Louis or maybe you're from outside of Chicago or you're from a bigger city back east and you join you join the army and you're sent out to a western post like Fort Larned and you know Fort Larned is really it truly was and was the middle of nowhere for those young men uh, as she stood there guarding the Santa Fe Trail and keeping the peace and so those laundresses were in their own way a civilizing influence on all those young men who could get a bit rowdy from time to time and you know, reminding them to wash their feet, wash behind their ears, um, not imbibe too much and get in trouble and get sent to the guardhouse. Uh, so yeah, the laundresses, they had a really tough job, not just doing the laundry, but stepping in and being that motherly role model for those young, sometimes wild young men. Not an enviable enviable position for sure yeah definitely so but well Fort Larned is uh, um, obviously a favorite place for uh, for both Michelle and me and 
Uh, I was just there last week, actually, because we had board meetings for the Santa Fe Trail Association. And the Santa Fe Trail Association doesn't own anything, so it doesn't have um, a building. Um, it, it, it has a relationship with the uh, Trail Museum there in Larned that uh, we, we get to store some stuff there and we get to kind of office there. So it's a, it's a really nice deal but the association doesn't own any piece of property. It's just uh, an association that um, facilitates these sites along the trail and the relationship with the National Park Service and of course, promoting things to the, to the public. But by our um, kind of being in the center of, you know, officing there at the center of the trail at Larned, then we have a, a pretty special relationship, I have to say, with, with Fort Larned. And, and uh, saw George Elmore, who's been at Fort Larned, what, since uh, 1867 or something <laughs> like that, since they first posted George yeah. there. But, yeah, I think that's when, that's yeah. when George first arrived, yep. Yeah, something like that. And so- Really, George, uh, we love you, we really do. <laughs> Feel the love, George? Yeah, so uh, it, was, uh, it was great. And it's, um, um, hopefully things will, you know, get open pretty soon, but Larned, that site is so gorgeous. Um, it's just one of the most beautiful posts, and we're just so fortunate to have those buildings. I mean, it's a, uh, it's an incredible story how Fort Larned was preserved over the years. You know, it's like so many buildings that were preserved in Kansas. It wasn't because they set out to preserve them. It's because they were using them, and that's how they got saved, and Fort Larned is a great example of that. Well, and I think about that every time uh, I had the opportunity to be there uh, doing living history as a volunteer for the Park Service. And when you stay in the officer's quarters, uh, that had become a ranch home. And so that is preserved because it had an adaptive use. And uh, I have to say, I've spent so many happy hours um, at that officer's quarters, um, you know, sitting in the evening after a long day of living history, sitting in the back in the kitchen, and uh, hanging out with our good friends like Marla Matkin and others. And um, in many cases, um, we, uh, I, I would bring a laptop and bring DVDs. I can't tell you how many times we've all watched either Santa Fe Trail or They Died With Their Boots On or any number of historical film uh, while they're in the kitchen making popcorn and just chilling out after we've been doing a long day of living history. And yeah, you're right. It's that adaptive use. Um, I think that's the story of so many of our historic sites in Kansas, Fort Scott. Absolutely. You know, um, we've got officers quarters preserved because they became the Wilson Goodlander home, which was an orphanage. Uh, we've got buildings left because they ended up becoming um, stores and shops and mm -hmm. homes. So yeah, and that, that, that helped it. It alters the buildings, but the fun part is removing some of the alteration and getting back to the original structures. And you see that at Fort Scott and you see that at Fort Larned. And um, to me, there's no more amazing feeling than when you're driving in on the highway. And you can see, you can see that garrison flag from a long way off in the distance. And as you're coming up, you see the buildings before you turn in. And I always got a rush of excitement, uh, no matter what direction I was driving in from, because you can see the fort from a, from a fair distance off. And it also shows you how isolating that post was. Yeah. 
a long way from anything. Hey, we need to take a break real quick. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Seth Hayes, and welcome to my hometown, from then to now. Council Grove has a rich history, as deep as the prairie tall grass. Spend the day visiting 25 historic sites, or explore the unique shops and restaurants, or mosey out of town along the Santa Fe Trail. Y'all visit my hometown, Council Grove, in the heart of the Flint Hills. Okay, looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. We've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray pump organ collection. We're a little bit place with a great big story and we'd love to have you. Welcome back. We were just visiting about Fort Larned National Historic Site, which is one of our favorite places along the Santa Fe Trail and in the National Park System. And I also have to put in a plug, there's a wonderful viewing stand for ruts, Santa Fe Trail ruts, not too far from the fort. They can tell you how to get there if, if you stop in. And I think maybe if you um, visit the Santa Fe, uh, Santa Fe Trail Dot org, there might even be um, some directions on there. I'll, I'll take a look and try to share that on our Facebook page because Michelle was talking about the isolation and it's really neat to see where those ruts were going and coming from and gives you an idea of that pathway, you know, the road to and from the fort. So it's, it's pretty cool. Well, and it also helps you visualize part of the fort's mission uh, during its lifespan as an active post one of its goals was to help protect the Santa Fe Trail. And she's really known as the guardian of the Santa Fe Trail. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that's one of the most important roles, but the fort has such a long lifespan, but also it plays multiple roles. It becomes a place where we begin organizing contact between native nations and the Southern Plains and United States governmental officials. Um, it plays a critical role in organizing the Medicine Lodge treaty negotiations in 1867. So, I mean, Fort Larned, its importance on the Santa Fe Trail in the relations between Native nations and the government, its role in settlement cannot be understated. It is one of the most important posts in the West, really. It, it truly is. And... Um, like you said, it's it's location. Um, I, I hesitate to say in the middle of nowhere, but um, a lot of those places, there just wasn't heavy settlement in the area yet. So at the time, um, you know, now it's just an hour south of Hayes. It's, uh, you know, it's it's not the middle of nowhere now. It's, it's on the road to a lot of places. But at the time, um, the Santa Fe Trail traffic coming through, and as Michelle uh, mentioned, those Plain tribes living nearby, that's where most of the traffic is coming from, you know, and, um, and it's, a, uh, it's a long way to the next post at that point. And, and one thing I think um, our viewers, I want to remind you all of, 
these military forts along the Santa Fe Trail, the Overland Trail, the California Trail, the Oregon Trail, other trails also serve as a function for civilians because the Santa Fe Trail is not just about taking commerce from Missouri to Santa Fe, it's also a road that travelers use. It is a road that folks who are gonna head further west to settle use. And when they use that road to travel, those military posts are like the equivalent of our quick trips. Um, if you have a wagon that's broken down, if you've become ill, if you have some kind of an emergency, if you can make it to a military post, you're assured that you can get some kind of assistance there. And so they play, a doubly important role, not just in guarding commerce, but also helping people as they're making their way along the trail. So uh, that also can't be underestimated. Well, Fort Lauderdale, if you visit it today, you're going to get, when they open everything back up, you're going to see some terrific exhibits because they've re been redoing a lot of those exhibits. And we're really excited. I've gotten a uh, uh, I've heard some really good things. I, I didn't get a chance to get in there myself, but um, I know some people who've had sneak peeks and they say it's really gonna be special. It was already great. So um, just really looking forward to seeing what they've done with the interpretation there. And of course, for me, I spent the majority of my time uh, in the officer's row and officer's quarters and the officer's quarters were so, are so well done so well-maintained, but also um, the lengths they went to to furnish them with period um, correct pieces um, was absolutely wonderful. Um, and I, I really hope soon that they'll be able to go back to living history events. Our good friend Marla Matkin um, has spent so much time at Larned portraying an officer's wife. And I know that's a very, a place that's very near and dear to her heart as well. And you know, for visitors to be able to walk into a building and it's one thing to see the buildings and to see the period interiors, to see the items, the material culture there, but to walk in and also be greeted by an officer's wife or to go through the officer's quarters and go out to the back to the garden area and see their servant working in the garden or to see a laundress uh, doing laundry, to see the men, um, you know, doing demonstrations and drills on the parade ground, or to go ahead and see individuals who've been clapped and, you know, have been clapped in the guardhouse because they've misbehaved. Um, it gives you this idea, it brings the place to full life for you. And so that's one of the things, unfortunately, COVID has taken away right now. And I, for one, can't wait until we can begin to do interpretation again, uh, because it really helps you get that human side of the story there at Larned. Absolutely. It really does. And uh, like Michelle said, we have so many friends who have um, invested so many hours in research and, and getting their costumes just right and um, studying folks who lived there at the time. And so, yeah, it's just a, a terrific um, addition or not even addition. It's like the completion, I think, of mm -hmm. the interpretive experience. And one of the things I, I want to mention too, um, again, off post, is the new interpretive panel at Confrontation Ridge. And so this is where um, during Hancock's War of 1867, um, Hancock's fiasco, um, where he met with uh, the Cheyenne Nation or representatives of the Cheyenne Nation, and it did not go well. Um, the whole war was just, uh, it was ludicrous, but um, 
there are interpretive panels there. I believe that Lewis Kraft may have, I know he contributed some. I don't know if he wrote the um, interpretation there. I think John Manette uh, contributed to that. And then um, I believe maybe John and Lewis and uh, Leo Oliva and then Jerry Thomas's artwork is on it. So it's really wonderful and that's pretty well marked. And again, they can tell you there at the post how to get out to that. But it's a, again, just one more piece of the story that they're working on sharing there. You know, Deb, for me, I think um, one of the most amazing experiences I've had at Fort Larned actually came after dark. Uh, it was after the day of living history interpretation was done. Uh, we changed out of our 19th century clothing. We always make a run into town to grab some provisions and some snacks and things. And when we come back and it's dark, you really get that sense of isolation that those troopers felt when they were there. And one year, uh, it was Memorial Day weekend. For some reason, it was excessively warm in the officer's quarters. And so instead of sleeping in the beds in the back, uh, some of us took uh, sleeping bags and blankets and pillows and we slept on the porch. And sleep was wonderful. It, it, it felt cooler. It was really beautiful. The sky at night at Fort Larned is probably one of the most incredible that I've seen in Kansas because the stars are so incredibly bright because there's no noise pollution. And there's also not a lot of auditory pollution either. And I was doing great with the sleeping until about 2.30 in the morning when a large pack of coyotes were in the perimeter and began singing to us at 2.30 in the morning. And nothing jolts you out of a sleeping bag on the front porch at 2.30 in the morning, like hearing multiple coyotes uh, singing their night song. And I thought for a moment, wow, I couldn't imagine an officer's wife from Boston coming here with her officer husband and never having been around coyotes before. Uh, I can't imagine what they would have, how they would have reacted. They probably would have jumped clean out of their skin like I did. And uh, it really, but, but it really made that- They were hearing wolves then too. You know, yeah. it wasn't just the coyotes then, it was the wolves. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and to think yeah. about, you know, the other things that they're battling bugs, but also snakes and all manner of creature. And so, but yeah, those coyotes, it was really eerie, but it also really gave you a sense of timelessness and play. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. It, exactly. You know, one of the cool things, you know, you've got the Pawnee uh, River there. And one of the cool things uh, for me is on watching Gunsmoke. And when Matt, um, um, has to go up to Larned, and take a prisoner or something. But then Doc will go fishing in the um, the fork of the Pawnee or something like that. And all those references to that area not too far from where Milburn Stone grew up. So I, I think that's pretty doggone cool. I do too. Um, you know, I grew up, I grew up watching, I grew up watching Gunsmoke with my grandpa. My grandpa Martin loved Gunsmoke, loved Marshall Matt Dillon. He always said there was no problem Marshall Matt could not solve in 30 minutes or less. And, uh, but I remember having these ideas in my head about what Kansas must have looked like. Mm -hmm. And then I saw the Wizard of Oz and that kind of changed those images. And then I moved to Kansas. And I have to say, um, the first time I went to Fort Larned, of course, you're kind of thinking Dodge City, you're thinking the things that you see on television and film. And when you get there, it's quite the opposite. 
And, but it was really um, very breathtaking to me to drive up and to see the post and to see that wide open space and to not see it cluttered with buildings and houses and factories and other things. And so I was actually really glad that it still feels and is somewhat remote uh, from the rest of the world because you really, when you're there, you really do get transported to a different time at that particular place. I agree. Well, I think we're about out of time. Speaking of time, it's been great being with y'all today and I uh, hope you, uh, if you enjoy watching, you know, share this with other folks because again, you can just watch anytime you want to. And we appreciate you sharing our links and catching us uh, wherever you find us, if that's on Facebook or if it's on our website and just all kinds of cool places on YouTube. And there's even just an audio version of this. Can you believe that? Is this a great country or what? You can just listen. You don't have to look at us. You can just listen if you want to, just like story time. You could just have story time with Deb and Michelle. How cool is that? I don't know, Deb. It's a it's a brave new audio video world out there. Isn't it though? Isn't it though? All right, folks, join us for Wildlife Wednesday and Fun Time Friday. And then of course we're discovering history on Monday. So love having you with us. And again, those are when those shows upload. And after they upload, you just watch them anytime you want to. I'm Deb Goodrich. I'm Michelle Martin. And we'll see you somewhere around Kansas. Welcome to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun.
1861. A trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities, and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org.